Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, in the latest of our Meet the Chairman series, we turn the spotlight on Collingham Football Club. And as it's Wednesday night, Not Fast Dave joins us for the Yellow Army Roundup. Welcome to the renowned, and sometimes, and probably will be tonight, controversial Radio Newark Sport. And as ever, we start with the headlines. And in a sure sign that summer's on its way, Louise Allgirl took part in the first British Long Distance Swimming Association event of the season at Colic Park, finishing third lady home in the 5K in a time of 1 hour and 33 minutes. Tom Marshall finished 39th in a time of 4 hours and 36 in the Nottingham Outlaw. His best performance coming in the bike section, fourth in his age group. Newark Lawn Tennis Club's mixed team cannot stop winning following promotion in the Winter League. They began the summer campaign with a victory at Retford. And a superb afternoon for Newark AC in the first Northern League of the season. Some great results, but a big well done to the throwers, Chloe Rowray and Craig Wadwell. For their stunning performances, I'm told, in the 100-metre relay. Both, apparently, secret sprinters. The Knotts Amateur Professional Golf Alliance came to a close last week with Newark cementing an impressive third place in the final club order of merit after finishing sixth last time. This is their first year back after an absence of ten years, so six ten years ago to third. So we're going the right direction. Great achievement by all the players representing the club. Radio Newark Sport. Added the station's awesome rock presenter to its team and promptly sent him out on his first assignment. The Outlaw Half Marathon. And Andy Bush took it in his stride and managed to knock 15 minutes off his previous best in completing the home pair point event in 5 hours and 45 minutes. You see, it was either send Andy to do it or Tony. That's how much I look after Tony. Tutoring School won the Primary School's football trophy by a single goal, the oldest football trophy that's still being played for in Newark. And back to Newark Athletic Club as they produce, and their youngsters produce no less than 10 personal bests and one club record in the first youth development meeting of the season. And finally, as we mentioned on Monday, with an average of 211, Newark Flow Save are officially the 240th best supported non league side in the country. And we've got one more story, but I'm going to let Mr. Smith tell you that one. Yes, it's news from. Uh my school, William Gladstone, where I am the uh, lollipop man. On Saturday, the school took part in the Newark and Shewa District Sports Association Spring Netball Tournament. Uh, Fourteen schools took part in all, in, in rotten weather, with the rain making the courts slippery for the children. But the William Gladstone children played amazingly well and got through to the semi-finals, unfortunately losing to Lover's Lane before finishing third out of the whole tournament. And the teacher has written... We've had a fantastic season, only losing one league game. All of the schools in Newark have such a high standard of netball. For our school to come second in the autumn tournament and third in the spring tournament is a huge achievement. 
team spirit and team play of our children is second to none and we could not be prouder of them. A huge well done to all of the children who have taken part in netball during the season. You've done our school proud and represented as well. And people who say, you know, well, they didn't win it. Who won it? Well, if the school who wins it lets us know, we'll plug them as well. Oh, cutting. Cutting. Very cutting. But, but I have a question for you. Hang on. What okay. I'd like to see about that one, or what you've just read out there, you mentioned two schools in the last four. Hmm. William Gladstone and Lovers Lane. Two of the schools that are not the big schools in this town. Yeah, exactly. They're not the high-flying primary schools in this town, but they're up there in amongst the schools that have got six, 700 p- pupils. So, well done both to Lovers Lane and to William Gladstone. Yeah, as I said, the William Gladstone School, formerly Hortonville, for, for the old ones like us, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very tiny school, and for them to get to that level in, 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 a, in a tournament, tremendous credit to not only the children, but to the teachers who give the time as well. Well done. Louise Orgill, it's a sure sign that summer's on its way yeah. isn't she? and she's, and she's out, out out there bless her to be um, honest a 5k across colic park in, in one hour 33 minutes it's uh to, to, to be honest if i was mrs orgill i'd fill me cosy with bricks and just end the jokes wouldn't you <laughs> i mean like so if, 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 if rob told me so many jokes i mean she, 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 she must contemplate it now and again guess who's coming in next week really rob orgill i sat when i'm doing my hair and mrs orgill <laughs> so they're, they're, they're both coming i did hear one tonight i'm gonna let our guest say it because i think it's absolutely wonderful but apparently you have a question and let's get it out of the way at the beginning what is the similarity between the 1966 Argentinian football squad and our garden? The answer is it's got... Ratting. It's got a ratting. Yes, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're but, a bit rock bottom, so there's only one way to go now, isn't they? Yeah, paddling. Right, um, Collingham Football Club um, enjoyed arguably their best season ever well we'll find that one out soon but i think it was somewhere close to being their best season ever um the mugger is now in in full swing and bringing in thousands of pounds the clubhouse is stunning and bringing in thousands of pounds but much more to the point the under 18s are the pride of the county um the first team finished in their highest ever position in the central midlands league the sunday side won promotion and countless trophies across the junior sections of which i'm sure we're going to find out about in the next 50 minutes um we have with us tonight the director of football mick goodwin who's here to tell us a little bit about last season but more to the point what the future holds for the villagers as i love to call them because everything in the garden is rosy or like most clubs there's a definite fly in the ointment and mick's got to tell us he hasn't got to but hopefully he's going to tell us what's happening as we all know the station road pitch which is a wonderful pitch it just isn't big enough so anyway we'll we'll cross that bridge round about half past seven uh welcome mick um to radio Thank Sport. You, um first things first of course yeah. um they tell me a friend of yours has been to a renowned um electrical appliance shop and bought himself yes, and bought himself so he did tell he us the story yes, he went to curry's and bought himself a 40 inch plasma tv because he wanted to watch all the games in the playoffs when he got it home and opened the box there were no leads in it <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum. 
I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> no, no Leeds. Um, that joke was told in Leeds on Saturday by my twin brother uh, at a party, and it got the same response. <laughs> um, He's looking good out of line. I think Mick last season, in from what I can remember, has got to go down as. The best, the classic. What, what do you, you know, where does the Collingham boys put it? Unsurpassed. So, unsurpassed. Um, and has it an- happened by accident? No, it hasn't. Um, the under 18 success, which I'll come on to in a second, um, is a, an amalgam of Birchwood um, under 16s and Collingham under 16s, who themselves were pretty successful in the uh, Notts Youth League. Uh, getting to the County Cup final with with six boys that started at the club when they were four, which is probably one of my proudest boasts. Um, we then joined up with Mr Hyde, uh, his son, uh, and formed uh, Collingham under-18s, and we competed in the same league that we're in this season uh, as under-17s, and we should have won the league. Um, we did win one cup, the Andy Bandalo Cup, which we defended this season and won. Um but for me, what the biggest success is now that, that we've got players with a clear pathway from when they join the club at four right like the way through to semi-professional football. That was something that myself, Adam, the committee could never have hoped for until Mr. Dean Hyde and Mr. Paul Hyde came into the club. Because trying to create a team in this locality, you have to know players, you have to know history, you have to know somebody's going to come and manage it. That just did not exist, and it only existed prior to when I uh, joined the club, and that's when Paul and Dean Hyde were here in the late 90s, early 2000s. So for me, looking back through the age groups, I would say unequivocally, we have two players in every age group who I personally believe will end up playing at that level in Collingham. And so we've got that production line now, homegrown players who've worn the shirt, may well have gone off to academies, and some have, and some have come back, and we benefited from that. But they want to play for the black and amber at Collingham. And that's that's really what I think is now definitely my proudest boast, because I've been doing this probably, what, since 2004, 15 years. And so me bringing four-year-olds into the club, I think we probably, Collingham, were the, the first to really do that for any any age group, at the, sorry, any children for that age, four years old. It mainly it's a lot about just babysitting children, but... <laughs> If you look around all of Newark now, FlowServe, I've gone down to FlowServe a few times to play matches for under eights and they've got a really good thriving four to six-year-old section. Brilliant. And that's really where the future lies because going on to the semi-professional team, clearly now there's massive competition in Newark. We have Newark Town who are very ambitious. FlowServe have proven what can be done with money, uh, ambition, drive, the right personnel. And so Collingham are competing for players in that in that sphere. So... Um, having homegrown players who probably would play for nothing, but hopefully would be allowed to play for money, uh, is something that is, I think is the word is sustainable. Just before we carry on about last season, I don't want to forget to ask you the question, so I'm going to jump about a little bit. Yeah, so fine, I, I, fine, fine, fine. I need to ask the question because we, we heard last week from Newark Rugby Club that they are a amateur community club yeah um they absolutely adamant they are going to bring juniors through like you're yes. you're doing yourself yes and they get to the first team but they are not 
paying them. And I do realise rugby is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, they are not paying people to play the sport, and if they want to go off somewhere else to get paid, they go. Yeah. And Newark will have Newark will have good seasons, and they'll have bad seasons. That's yeah. their philosophy. Yeah. Flow serve are, are different at the moment because I will probably get shot for this one. I don't think they are particularly a club at the moment. They're an amalgamation of teams. Um, that's have got to work on on that bit they are no secret they are paying people they are paying people good money and they've gone through the ranks but that at the minute remains a team and there's no pathway i don't think it it, it probably will come there's no pathway newark town is probably closest to where you want to be and you're probably a bit further in front of, of, of newark town is there a right in a wrong way, because we've heard that Newark Rugby Club are doing it one way, Flow Serve are doing it another way, and Collingham and Newark Town are probably doing it a third way. Is there a right way of doing no, it? There is never a right and wrong way. <laughs> I, I fully support um, what Newark Rugby Club are doing, because I know from history that that um, if you just concentrate on the first team and forget the grassroots, you end up with issues because those players grow old, or those players move on to high-level rugby, you haven't got anyone coming through. You must have a clear pathway. It doesn't happen overnight, and I, and I suspect looking at the same with FlowServe, what I've seen there, they've got teams at nearly every age group. What Collingham has got um, has got two teams at every age group. We didn't set out to do that. It's just by chance that players want to come and play. Great facilities, as you said, that mugger is is a real draw. It doesn't make us a lot of money. It actually costs a lot of money to maintain. We need to find in the next three or four years seventy thousand pounds to potentially replace the carpet. That's not easy to to, uh, recover those kind of funds. And so fees are at a level where people might think it's a lot of money. Personally, I don't think it's a lot of money. I think £3 a week, or just over £3 a week, for nine months of football, uh, a training night, your kit, your referees paid for, a match, and all the benefits you get with coming to a fantastic clubhouse is, you know... It's not dear. One moment, Dad has a couple of pints while they're... No, Anyway, we'll come back to money. Um, uh, Let let me go back to... um, so no, there isn't, no, let's go back to the philosophy. No, yeah. My philosophy is every child matters, but eventually, um, and this is, through, this is mirrored through the club, eventually, you know, sport is a metaphor for life. There are winners and there are losers. But what we try to cater for is all abilities. And so when, we, when they get, children get to 11 years old and get to secondary school, they're a little bit more alert to what, what life is about. And then we, we hopefully try and stream players get them into teams that match their ability get them into leagues which is brilliant for the yl's brilliant for that get them into leagues that match their abilities so they're not getting thrashed every week or they're not winning no one gains from winning 10 11 nil and no one gains from losing 10 or 11 nil it is the first team the be all and end all um not well if you'd asked me that before the heights came i'd say no because we didn't have one i think what we have created is uh, we need to keep semi-professional football, or that level of football, seven, six or five, because I think five is the limit of what Collingham can offer with the ground, uh, you know, the stadium and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where we want to be. And I think the fact that we're producing players, uh, and I'll come on to the, what the new under-17s yeah. are going to do this year. We've, we've, doing, we've done a massive recruitment for hopefully the, the pick of lads that are leaving academies, disillusioned, um, so that they, they, you know, I've seen my son play. I've seen four of the under 18s play. They do not look out of place at step seven. Physically, some of them do. 
And we've had actually two under 16s play for Paul Hyde's team this year. Both of them came to me when they were four years old. They didn't look out of place, but the game when they came on, the game was won. Um, and, you know, and sorry, yeah, the game was won. Um, and, and Paul's really protective of the players because some of the guys you come up against in that standard um, football's their second thought. I'll talk about Paul and again in 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 the next um, in, in in the next section. The under 18s we'll also come back to because it, it's you know the say football's a funny old game, isn't it? And I, I went to Lincoln United's ground to see the the County Cup final, yeah. and if I was a Lincoln United supporter, I would be as sick yes. as a whatever yeah. um, because it was one of those games wasn't it that it wouldn't be I don't think I'm out of place saying they're the best team lost but you know, the team that wins is the one that scores the most yeah. goals and Conningham did that yeah. and then Conningham's goalkeeper decided to have the match of his life he did. which is you know yeah. that's what he's there for it's, yeah. it's brilliant but that was the catalyst for an amazing five trophies and that's yeah. got to be one heck of a team photo it is and that's going that's going to be well it is organised already but um the winning of those five, uh, we talked about it, obviously, when we qualified through the semi-finals, getting into the final. Each time we got there, we thought, wow, this is amazing. I 100% agree with you, Mick. Uh, the final against Lincoln United, um, my son went off reasonably early, and I think that disjointed us a bit at the back, but they had many chances to win the game. And over the games that we played against Lincoln United, uh, we'd lost one. Uh, that was the closest they'd come to beating us properly. Um, I bet they love they, you. No, they, well, they, they don't. But, <laughs> but you know, they 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 matched us. They went three at the yeah. back. They'd done their they'd done their homework. And uh, to be fair, we were carrying a couple of injuries. But yeah, if, if they'd have won that, then no one would have complained from Collingham if Lincoln United had walked away with that trophy. But that's football. Um, and if it was very very similar in the uh, second cup final we played at uh, Scunthorpe United's ground against Cleethorpes, either side could have won that. And when I went to their manager at the end. My words seem well. I wish I was a neutral because what I've watched there is two teams, two boxers knocking hell out of each other. Whoever had won, you'd have put your hand on and said, "Well done." So you know, Cleethorpes, you know, they they did their club really proud of their players on on those two occasions we played them. We came out winners on one occasion by penalties, uh, which I was in the car park in the bus because I couldn't watch them. Um, and, the, and and the second time it had gone to extra time, and I was in the car park again because I couldn't watch the last ten minutes because uh, we were down to ten men. Uh, so it was yeah i mean it's just been an absolute amazing and to see dean hyde in tears because he'd had some of those players that had come across from birchwood since they were six years old uh liverpool had won on that night he was you know he was a very emotional man and quite right and so he should be because it was an amazing thing and i don't think it'll ever get repeated i know jerry's won a treble i know paul hyde's won a quadruple but no one's as yet as i know five is just won a quintuple yeah man yeah. i even had to ask tony what it was yeah. um Right, we're going to go um, and find out how not fast have been getting on at the weekend and then we're going to come back um, with Mr Goodwin and we're going to talk a, a little bit more. I just want to find out a bit more about the junior sections, what sort yep. of year that, 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 that they had and then we're going to ask the questions that um, he doesn't uh, really want me to. But that's what we're here for. Actually, I want you to ask me. There you I go. I genuinely want you to ask me. Time for our weekly not fast catch up and of course that means not fast dave on the other end of the phone and i think this week i can sort of just say not fast on tour over to you dave thanks mick thank you very much indeed um yes we had quite a few uh, members all around actually um talking locally parkland we had 46 club members uh over five different parklands now some really good personal bests this week rachel sheldrake jill folks 
Amy Parks, Vic Knight, John Wilkinson, Jane Weeway, Tom Allen, Rachel Revel, Leon Leong, Janet Davis, and Josh Wood. So some really good, um, really good personal bests, especially with the with, with the weather picking up as well. There tends to be quite a few more members going out. Now, um, on to competitive running. We had nine members getting up nice and early on Friday for the Nottingham Sunrise 5K. Uh, that's is exactly what it says. It's a 5K in Nottingham at sunrise. Uh, no official results, but we had um, Kate Fisher, Cheryl Kempster, Mark Hawkins, Sarah Ridley, Leanne Lawson, Jane Weeway, Anna Paulson, and Anne White. They all ran. Uh, Mark Hawkins got a new personal best, and he took off uh, 2 minutes 55 off his previous personal best which is fantastic for mark he's quite a new club member um really getting into the races and really improving his times uh netty was at the haversage hurdle 20 mile hike on saturday uh, i don't have an official time for that but i hear it was quite a good hike i don't want to say walk i don't want to say run it's a hike uh now on sunday uh henrietta mccabe got a new 10 mile personal best and that was at the Meridian East Coast 10-miler in a time of 1 hour 36 and 16. And a few members taking part in the Clawson 10K. Uh, we had Darren Wilkinson, 55.29. Joanna Gray, 1 hour 13.20. Jill Folks, 1 hour 23.16. And Nick Harrison, 1 hour 39.49. And unfortunately, one of our members had a bit of an accident and broke her ankle, Zoe Smith. So she couldn't finish. Um, but I've seen earlier on Facebook that she hasn't put her off. She's out, not running, walking. Uh, so she's out and down London Road with the crutches, just getting the exercise, wearing the not fast top. So it's fantastic to see that um, Zoe's still up and on her feet. Um, other than that, we have the um, annual Lakes weekend where a group of the not fast members go over, over to the Lake District. I'm sure it's a Lake, Lake District. So there's about 15, 20 members went, so all are... Uh, a, a good dancing festival, drinking, no doubt there was cake and uh, lots of running and walking as well. So, yeah, really good weekend this weekend, mate. Yeah. No doubt there was cake. Yeah, okay, no right. <laughs> I think that will probably go with that. That sounds a cracking weekend, actually. I want to just concentrate on, on Nettie for a while, although mm. probably not so much Nettie, but Nettie's guide. Because, I mean, it's one thing running along the, the streets of London. That's hard enough for the guide. But on, on this event... Um, with not being the perfect surface that was running over, um, all credit to Nettie for doing it, and all credit for, to the guide. Yes. Well, that's what we, we don't always consider. You know, Nettie's doing all these races, and fantastic races she does, and she does some distances. You've got to remember that, you know, it, it, she's got a guide with her as well. The um, Havis' hurdle, there was... So one of the posts she put on the, our Facebook page, there were streams, boulders, steps, mud, tree roots, cows, very steep hills, and lots of off-road. Now, for a blind runner, that's got to be incredibly difficult. I can't imagine it myself. I know when I, when I have enough accidents as it is, well, then I'm fully sighted. You would be scared, you'd be scared stiff, wouldn't you, that you'd just put your foot wrong? Some, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I would, but... Uh... Exactly, but you've got to trust your guide. And if, you know, guide runners, they're not just... They're not just runners that help someone out. They, they've got to do certain things, you know, educate and advise where there's certain things on the route. Um, basically talk throughout about what's coming up. So you've got to be on your toes. Now, have we got you next Wednesday or not? Because it's a not-summer league at FlowServe. Hmm. If you 
do. I'm not running it. Um, I'm still off-running for a little while. Um, but I will probably be volunteering, but that's not going to stop me calling. I'll, I'll do an on, out-on-the-field call. We'll, we'll go live to you then from Flosu. That's even better, that is. Live at the event. That, 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 that's even better. Dave, we'll look forward to that one. Mm, sure. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you Thank next you. Wednesday, live from wherever you're watching the Summer League. Perfect. Thank you, mate. Thanks. Bye. Thank Bye. Not fast, Dave, there. That's Dave Farger, and, uh, yeah, we're going to catch him wherever he's watching that next week. Um, it's Conningham all the way now with Mick Goodwin, um, his lordship here, and me on Radio New York Sport. Um, we've talked about the under-18s, and it was a remarkable season. I'll come back to the first team in a few minutes, because that was also a remarkable yeah. season. Yeah. Um, the bits that I don't know about is how did under-17 to under-4s get on? Um, fantastic. I would say probably unsurpassed again but at slightly different age groups. And if I can start at the four to six-year-olds, 20 children turned up in September, uh, and we had 17 of those all the way through for nine months, which is uh, a record that, since that's 2004. That's a fantastic retainment. Unbelievable. Um, from there, last year's Soccer Cubs, we call them, uh, went into the under-sevens league. Um, and what we do on a Saturday, if we have... 14 players we stream them so that both teams are equal so we haven't got an a and a b at that age because what we found or certainly i found is that if we put all the best players in one team and all the weak players in another team that team loses interest gets beaten every week and usually folds this has been proven successful time and time again this is where in my humble opinion rugby got it right a long time ago and football got it totally wrong you cannot be competitive that sort of age group you've got uh, he, he said you, tony said you should be competitive as soon as you're born i know that but surely it's about homing in the skills and if you mix those two teams yeah that's going to make everybody better many examples at collingham where um a, a, a lad that plays i think he might be first team cricket this year at collingham a lad called wilf wright uh, i had him uh, uh, soccer cubs when he was four and all he was interested in was staring into space running the wrong direction but every time a train went by and it honked its horn he could tell me whether it was a freight train the time where it was going all that kind of stuff i used to do that on a football field well (laughs) and his mum and his mum and dad brought him and brought him and in the end they sort of thought uh, i wouldn't say they were embarrassed because they weren't embarrassed but this is not for him he ended up playing in goal for the second team when he was uh, at secondary school the second team of that age group um, a decent goal could be turned into a bit crazy but also cricket and he's a fantastic fo- mm. cricketer now if you'd have said to me when he was four he would play first team cricket at Collingham have an eye for a ball I would have I would have taken your money in a bet <laughs> so you never write them off at that age absolutely not what's his name uh, Wilf Wright yeah he plays like Jeff Boycott um, <laughs> unfortunately and when you play quick cricket proper cricket then yeah proper cricket <laughs> yeah. when you play quick cricket with him you say Get him out, because we need to get some runs. But um, <laughs> fantastic technique, a lovely lad. Going to go on to university. Play, he'll play university's cricket, I'm sure. He's a, he's, a, he's a top lad. But he was one that you you, know, you wouldn't bet your money on uh, becoming a sportsman. But a sportsman that was inside him. And I'd like to say Collingham had something to do with getting that sportsman out. Um, so we had those. So the under seven. So what we've, did, what we've done laterally to that philosophy is that there are parents who bring their children, who are very good, who want to be competitive, who want their child to play in the best team so on a Sunday what we do is we merge the best three or four from each team 
So we, without saying it, we have an elite team on a Sunday. And that team this year, undefeated, uh, and a one two, well, came runners-up in something only on penalties. Um, no, on goals scored. They didn't lose, sorry, because they were undefeated. And won a cup. Uh, and play some really good football as well. And unfortunately for us, a couple of them have been snagged by Lincoln City and they'll be off with their football team. Do you begrudgingly accept it? Do you sort of say, remember where you started, come back one day um, and you've done your bit? That's exactly what we say. Um, I welcome it and my advice to anybody that that uh, any person of a child that gets approached by an academy is this is the example I use or the analogy I use if your child is talented musician and you take them to the local piano teacher who's probably very 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 good it's going to cost you £10 for half or £20 for half an hour but somebody came along uh, like Mozart and offered you coaching for many hours a week free of charge what would be your choice? Got to take it surely Oh, it's a great story for the advertiser if Mozart does turn up and offer you a lesson, doesn't it? <laughs> right. But exactly, but you know, you're you're in an environment where you're getting the best coaching. You you are you playing with? I mean, I've been my son's been through it six years. It's an amazing thing to see yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten year olds playing what I would call adult football. Um, but there are unfortunately, uh, what's the word I want? There are victims. Unfortunately, they you know my son had to come out after two major injuries. Um, they take a long time to recover mentally from that because it's their dream. But what you ought to do is don't go in when you go in at seven and eight buying the Bentley because 99.99% of the children... Uh, that's where I was going. Are professional clubs still as cutthroat? Yes. Yeah. One player that started with me, Manny, who's at Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah, he, he started with me. Behaviour-wise, it was difficult to manage because he was a winner, an absolute winner. Touch, didn't really have a touch, but aggression, determination, you cannot put in a child. But if you'd ask me, then would he make? A, would he sign for Man United? I'm not so sure. But wow, what, how, how fantastic! You, you would still, like you would still advise him, one hundred to go, knowing that ninety nine percent of them. Even are not, though yeah. I've been, you know, it was, it's hurtful when you sat in front of um, Nigel Jempson and the other coach, and he's telling you that sorry, this is the end of the journey. It's not very nice. But we took it like men, me and my son. Uh, we could have left, but we said no. We'll see it out at the end of the season, um, and we did, and we left with grace, and they looked after us. You know, they really did look after us. But but if you, if, if you get the opportunity, if you're a fantastic player at a local level and you get the opportunity to go and play with the big boys, you'd be crackers to turn yeah. it down. Even, even if it ends in tears, you'd be daft to turn down that experience, wouldn't you? I mean, going to Chelsea, obviously I've been a Chelsea fan, uh, going to see them, some played against Drogba's son. You know, we've had some amazing, amazing experiences uh, and you couldn't buy that. Uh, however my son's now recovered playing very well playing for the first team at Collingham he's probably the player of the year I think for the under 18s this year I wouldn't be surprised and going on to university if he gets the grades I think he's still got a chance but I don't know I don't think he has deep down really wants to do it Um, and yet he's got players who his peers um, who's the lad um, Arvin Appiah for Forest signed full contracts on the bench for Forest Riley Harbottle there's several in that group, and I think it's quite a unique group that, that signed professional contracts. So it was a good group of players, it really was. And I think, you know, now Lincoln have gone where they've gone. They're now, they're, their scouting network's got much, much larger. So they're knocking on our door. So I would always say, and yes, it does affect your team, go with our good wishes. But please remember, if it doesn't work out, there's always a place for you back here. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That is exactly the right approach. 
um let's um time's moving on and i don't want to miss and and anything at all um let's move on now to away from actually on the field if you yeah. like um the tenants have left after 15 years newark yeah. town's coming back in in, in into newark um the relationship while they was there seemed very good i mean yeah. i was part of it at once so i know it was very good yeah. um is that go is life now going to become difficult for you because obviously financially there's a hole yeah. on the other side there is a gap to get allow a collingham team onto that pitch yeah. um so we can argue this both ways if yeah. you like um how does collingham see it um unfortunately for me i wasn't at the last newark game and i wish i had been because um i joined the club when you were playing there and obviously they'd replaced semi-professional football that the hides had introduced and it's absolutely certain that if newark town hadn't been a te- we hadn't had newark town at our club 2005-06 we probably would not have a football club there now it'd probably be houses i mean it probably wouldn't because it's sports ground but it, it would have gone under without financial contribution from people like myself but previous committees have put their hand in the pocket because we had a, a bar that was open we were paying staff we were living beyond our means uh, and it, had, it came to an end so without newark town without a shadow of a doubt uh, the club wouldn't be as it was today because we'd have had to shut the bar we'd have still played football there we'd have had changing rooms but we wouldn't have had a social club and that social club was kept open because we knew once a fortnight the bar would be used by newark town and it was open at nights at the weekends by volunteers people like myself working behind the bar but now you see from that what we've got now that would not have happened so we are eternally grateful to newark town i like newark town i like the people at newark town uh, will we miss them yes but the biggest criticism we get from internal teams is we're never allowed on that pitch jerry never's allowed us on that pitch and i have to fight against jerry all the time and i love him to bits but we do lock horns it's a odd thing because he's six foot six and i'm five foot six <laughs> we lock horns a lot about getting our teams on that pitch so it's going to allow some of the more junior sides to have the privilege of playing on i believe a little bit of a slope the best pitch in the area the best I, I, pitch I would, in the area i would suggest that jerry is probably like some of the other groundsmen i've known over my time he'd be perfectly happy if no teams went on that pitch <laughs> i think you're absolutely right and i know he's listening to this now mick so yes good evening jerry yeah. well that's what you call a decent groundsman yeah. because yeah. They, they, they hate footballs going on their pitch yeah. and ruining it yeah but it will give an opportunity to yes put more yes. calling so teams on it, it, you know, it, i mean it is grass and yeah. I know Jerry tells me 90-something games or whatever. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, it is grass. Yes, it is grass. And what I will say about the revenue side of it, we've had, because we've grown from, when I joined the club, two teams, two junior teams. It's now 30 teams, 32 going into the league this year. Um, we, we're hiring facilities all around the area, North Skull, South Clifton, Har- Harby, to, to accommodate teams and the cricket club. So we've had to go and find 11-side pitches because we have what I would say been very successful um, so we've had to pay for that so actually not getting having to pay that money out will probably replace some of the income from Newark Town not all of it of course but um, I mean we, we wish Newark the best of luck we can um, do yes. um, at the sports agent of course uh, an opportunity will arise um, when you put the floodlights up there it was seen it, it was visionary yeah. because it, it was light years in front of anything in Newark it yeah. really was and as much as Newark Town's made that club those floodlights have made it as well haven't they they have and that's really down to Jerry Williams without a shadow of a doubt and there is you know no surprise I hope to the listeners here that we've named one of the pitches after Jerry because one of the things that I probably said this to you before Mick is that 
uh, a, for example, the, the, the pavilion's called the Colin Wing Pavilion. It's named after Colin posthumously. So he never saw his name on that pavilion. And I've always said, we always ne- we always recognise people's efforts when they're dead. Yeah, and you yeah. shouldn't. You should, should no. So yeah, and, and so we've got the front pitch is called the Bellamy pitch, which is after Nodge Bellamy, who's recently we've yeah. recently buried or cremated, um, and the back pitch is named after Jerry Williams or the Williams Field. So and that will be in perpetuity. Yeah, and I, I think he's proud of it. He would have liked to have been the first team pitch would have liked his name on it, but he's not having it all. So. <laughs> 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 But the, the floodlights made, made it, Newark Town did, and now you're sitting there with um, the mugger yeah. and um, changing facilities and a club room, bar area that's yeah. quite frankly second century. to none. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And I know where you're going to go with that. You're going to bat the pitch, right? Well, that's... I'm the only... This is where we follow... Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Let's just finish on, 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 <laughs> okay, on, yeah, on that. Yeah. Do, does the, the mugger and the social club... Are, 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 are they now in a position where... They're helping with the revenue, or are they still a... No, no, no. The sp- because the great thing I find about Collingham, it's the same at the cricket club, is if you put your hand up for help, people like Rob Townsend will come yeah. and help. Can I ask a question for those people who uh, might, might be asking it at home? What is a mugger? It's a multi-use games area. It's a three... We're lucky enough to have 3G, rubber crumb. Um, it, uh, we managed to build that with the revenue we got from the co-op when they bought a piece of land from the football club and we reinvested it into that and of course the new facilities uh, we had to put quite a bit of our own money in as well um, but yeah, that's transformed training we don't cancel training I think probably twice mm. it, it, since it's been up is it, we cancelled yeah. it um, so it, it's, been, it's been a boon but it doesn't make us any money now because we were renting it to uh, outside bookings uh, when we had space, but because we've got so many teams, we've got, we've got <laughs> space. Course, yes. it's not ideal for adult football because uh, if you want to do uh, set piece stuff and, and real life game situation coaching, it's not ideal. So we go and rent somewhere in Lincoln for that for the first team. Um, so that's for us. We don't get any revenue for that, but also, plus, of course, with the RHP, Newark Town. Uh, 3G, 4G, whatever it was. Who's it? It's the YMCA, isn't it? Yeah, that's an overgrown mugger. Yeah, it's an overgrown mugger. So uh, they've, now, they've taken quite a lot of the Newark teams that used yeah. to rent our space. And that's fine. So, But we've never had to rely on that income to make the club successful. What we have to rely on, this is where the fee thing comes in, is that we have to put money away each year so that we can replace that carpet so that our legacy as committee members now will be maintained because... In 20 years' time, when people don't know who I am, they'll still be playing on that mugger because we've got a proper commercial model. What seems to be happening is is slowly but surely you're bringing it all... Slowly, it's all coming back under one base. Yes, and if you set... I think if you'd set out to to create a football club that had nearly everything, I think Collingham's got its name on it now, but in 2004 and 2005 and 6, we had these visions with no money. And to be honest with you, I thought we'd be where we are now sooner but it takes time. Any, everyone knows it takes time. The first team finished third in what I think is the toughest Step 7 league in the country. Yeah, that's um, it would be it? so much simpler to go into the Not Senior League or the Lincolnshire County League because yeah. that would guarantee you progress into Step 6. You're playing in the toughest league in the country. We await the FA decision on Step 7 football. You may well find yourself in Lincolnshire football. Who knows? Yes. Um, more than did. So, you know, yeah. we, we wait and see on that that one. The problem is, Mick, that if they won it, and let's be honest, they have a... You don't win anything with kids, as Tony tells me, but he very nearly did. Yes. 
um, a couple of poor results, yeah. um, put them right, and, and he would have won that. But you can't go anywhere. Now, is that problem going to get bigger as if those young lads get stronger and progress and win the Central Midlands League or the Lincolnshire League or the Not Senior League or whatever the, the FA decide to put you in? Yeah. How big a disappointment is that going to be them? And probably more to the point, how big a disappointment is it going to be to Paul and Dean? Um, well, for all ten listeners that you've got tonight, can I tell you now, the only people <laughs> that are exercised by the pitch not being the right length... I only need ten listeners when Jerry's listening. Yeah, <laughs> um, are, are the people outside of Collingham. Uh, the Inner Sanctum and the committee know exactly what is required. Um, we've now got a commercial committee committee which we didn't have before and it's been driven by a lady called wendy shaw we've always had plans we've had top topographical studies we've had a um, drone we know we can get the pitch the right length it the trouble with that is it's going to cost money we now know exactly how much it's going to cost but there's no point doing that work if we're not in step six and we don't have a first team and it's a very chicken and egg situation but we are marching on there with the success of the 18s and the success of the first team we will have a big enough pitch to enter the Vars to go to step six and step five by March next year. And that doesn't mean the work will take that long. It just means we're getting all our ducks in a row. So trust me, and I keep saying this to people, that I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what you're doing. I'm not going to spend that money. I'm trying to think of an, of an analogy. Where I'm not going to spend the money if on, on a nice, I don't know, a nice beach if people aren't going to visit it. We need to have step six football really first before we spend oh, that un- Unfortunately um, for your point of view as Tony and I have found out to a detriment in the past there are often more than ten people listen to this yeah. um, uh, Good. as we keep being pulled up when we've said something <laughs> um, so um, Many let me just get this absolutely right what is the FA's current thinking of it because I know where FlowServe have gone to step five and Salston went to step five they have a year once they've gone there yep. to do the work <laughs> if it's not done they're relegated now that makes common sense because yeah. it used to be put your name down that you want to go to step six yeah. but the work has got to be finished by march the 30th and if six of you put your name down by the way there's only one of you going yeah which is to me is, is senseless because yeah. you're going to say okay i'm going to spend 10 20 30 40 without whatever yeah without being a guarantee of and there's no guarantee you're going to no, need to no well what we did we future proofed the changing rooms to step five i think there's just a couple of minor modifications to step five so we know we can get to step five. Um, we definitely know we can get the pitch. It's going to require a little bit of re-engineering. Um, and uh, if we had some permission from our local scouting organisation, we could do that tomorrow. We haven't, so we're going to have to be very clever with the land that we've got. But we have a solution in place. We have, a, a as I said, a marketing committee, a commercial committee who are getting the money in place because the club has said we're not prepared to fund it the club is, is solvent is, is doing really really well what we've got is a a is a bar is is a standalone business within the football club so we've got numbers members of staff who get paid unfortunately these days they have to have pensions so the busier you get the more staff you have to have the more your overheads grow so actually it becomes um yeah people say oh, we should be making a lot of money with the turnover we've got the turnover's gone up considerably since the bar has been renewed um we're going we're going in the right direction but getting to step six and step five football will not only cost money in the infrastructure it'll cost money to attract players and but that's they, they, that's they, where i deviate yeah. from uh players wanting to play at that level but they don't there's no loyalty and, and you can see that with players moving about this summer there's absolutely no kiss the badge but 
And that's why I, like, I be- firmly believe in homegrown players. Th- 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 this is where I started. Is 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 the first team the be all and end all of a club because if it's going to cost you and I don't know what it's going to cost so let's say £20,000 if it's going to cost £20,000 to to spend on something that is only going to be used for the benefit of one team in a club is that worth it but on the other hand if that one team in a club is a flagship team and I've seen them play many times and they're more than capable of playing at Step 6 League and they'll walk to any other Step 7 League. Yes, um, I agree. So let's ju- when we come back after a break, we need just to know yes. where we're going on that one. And the question we left before the break um, is the first team to be all and end all. And a club like Collingham, where it matters from four years old, um, does there need to be something at the other end and... That's the question that makes us yeah. and his committee have to scratch their head about. They do, and we have been scratching. As you can see, I'm losing my hair. We have been scratching. Um, if you want to attract the best 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds to your club, you have to have a pathway to high-level football. Um, with Wendy Shaw, as I tell you, who's coming as the commercial director, she'll be helping out. She now manages the under-16s. We've done a lot of recruiting in that age group. Lads that are being released from Boston, uh, Lincoln City are going to be uh, welcome to our club and trial out um so we're going to try and create a the next under 18s who can win the quintuple that's that's the drive now if the first team walked away tomorrow would the team would the club fold of course it wouldn't uh, would the club carry on as it is of course it would but we wouldn't be able to offer the really good players who aren't playing uh, professional football for a living but want to play for the low you know the ones that don't go to university want to play locally I believe the best place to play football in the area, and and that's really key for me. But you know, we are where we are. Um, the pitch will be lengthened, and hopefully, we'll attract the right kind of player. Because we've got players that currently at the moment, if they didn't get paid, would still stay. There are others who get a bit of money who would go to the highest bidder. But I don't. Do I want those players at my club? We have to have them. But deep down, no, I don't. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. Tony's not a fan of it, but. I'm afraid football now, even at our level, if you want to be successful, you've got to financially look after them. And yeah. I, I don't think it's right. Um, I, I know what FlowServe have done, and it's paid dividends for them. Um, it hasn't set a precedent because other clubs are exactly the same and have been yeah. doing it for years. Yeah. Um, and I know Newark Town have a budget. Chris Wade sat here last week and said Newark Town have a budget. He's got no choice, really, has he? No. He hasn't. And what I want to say is, actually, we're probably the only club at this level, and I could be wrong, that actually have managers who don't get paid and actually put their hand in their pocket and help the club run. I reckon that's quite rare myself. Uh, And that brings us to um, Team Hyde. Yeah. Um, Paul once left the club and is in his comeback, and I did hear rumours at the end of the season that he was going to be his last season. Surely not. Um, I think his wife would like him to be his last season but then I think if she had him 24-7 she'd <laughs> see him kicking back to football but, we had him um, 10 minutes every Monday night yeah, she's exactly but she's been poorly herself bless her heart and she's a football woman through and through and you, yes. you know my mum was a football woman through and through uh, they're rare uh, my wife is not a football woman but um, she allows me to do what I want to do uh, and uh, the Collingham is a better place for that but you know I've given up an awful lot of my time to the football club and you know nothing gives me great pleasure than to see players that have come through the ranks running out on a Saturday for, for our club. Um, I think so I don't your think, wife I don't... and my, my wife, and, and Tony's life, wife is now learning, 
Um, <laughs> it's just part and parcel. It's what we've always done. Yes, it is. It was from day one. And society's so. changed. And, yeah. you know, for example, and ma- n- mentioning no names, players not being available because they're taking the girlfriend out for dinner or their birthday. Now, come on, I, I played for a, a man yeah. that actually got married Saturday morning and played in the afternoon. I, mean, I know it's going back to the 50s, but, you know, that's... Mm. It's called commitment. Yes, yeah, yeah, society's changed. But um, as for Paul packing in, I think Paul's of the same view as me. Um, trying to get players this year, paid or unpaid, has been difficult. And without the under-18s, and I'm sure he's admitted this to you on the radio without the under-18s this year, who obviously quite clearly are good players, uh, we might have had to have scratched a few games. Then comes fines, then mm. comes the team packing in. Then you're throwing money away, yeah. aren't you? So, um, yeah. And yeah, do you want to be like that? Because what Paul's really, really good at is in the change room. If anyone's ever seen him in the changing room, uh, some players have probably never been shouted at by their dad, but my God, uh, it was like it was in my day when you got told you were not very good uh, in no uncertain terms. You certainly didn't answer back. Um but uh, it, I must tell you the story about Dean Hard when we were at um, Cleethorpes in the cup final. We weren't playing very well at Brig, and uh, Dean came up with a fant- fantastic soliloquy, um, which if I taped it, it would be worth a fortune. Uh, but the referee spoke to me several weeks later at another cup final when they said they actually they were the referees at Brig. The referees in the middle, one team's on one side, one team's on the other. They said they sat there with their drinking their tea laughing to themselves thinking, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not in that training room it was unbelievably motivational but he didn't pull any punches told players what he thought we didn't turn up and we went out and we turned it around and we eventually won so um, but you know once again society's changed a bit I don't think players are prepared to put up with that and they'll move on um, but if you want to be successful sometimes a teacup has to be thrown <laughs> as I'm sure Mr Ferguson has done in, you know, hasn't he done in the past um, you know uh, no one goes out to play badly. No one goes out to make a mistake. But, you know, teams, you know, let's, I'm trying to think who got over the line. Well, Leeds, we've just been talking about Leeds, Tony's team saying, you know, they, they were very, very successful. But unfortunately, because they they were successful on all fronts and having small squads in those days, they used they came up short through injury, through, well, just being successful. and, and Suspension, I, mainly. Suspension, <laughs> yeah, suspension, man. But I thought that was going to happen to us with the quintuple because there were, you know, we are certainly in one of the games where we played Sleaford Town because they won the uh, county league and we won the intermediate league. We played them in the in the cup final at uh, Lincoln United. I wasn't there for that game, and 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 Dean said we were running on empty. We had eleven players, um, you know, so we'd had an injury during the game. We'd have been down to ten, but we pulled through and we won the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, we spoke about that earlier. But I'm so proud of that. If um the FA, in their wisdom, decide that you're going to play in the Lincolnshire League or the not senior league. Um, does it really matter? No, not to me. It doesn't. It's been mentioned in committee meetings and at football, but I have to say the brand of football. Although I have to, uh, I will comment on some of the some of the lads that turn out for teams visiting us. They, they don't fit their shirts. I, you would never seen that when I was playing football as a youngster. There's no, there. you wouldn't. Um, you know, and the standard on some weeks is poor. Other weeks you see some very good players, but. We've said that all along. Should we go in the Lincolnshire League, win it, get out into step six? I'd like us, to, you know, personally, I'd like us to win that Central Midlands League. Show people that we, you know, that mm. we go up as champions. There's always, you know, there's Retford this year and Clay Cross, the perennial ones, and yeah, there's always teams there, isn't there? That's there or, or there. Yeah, there is some rubbish, but there is. Yes, you know, there's always. Yes, I mean, Retford's throwing money at players, and it, yeah. they've got what they want. Yeah. They are. And, and it's been a good watch. Mostly it's been a good watch. It really has. Because I go upstairs in the director's box because actually I like watching from there and I don't get involved. It's beautiful view from up there. Uh, yeah, I don't get involved. It's disappointing you don't get more to watch. Pardon? Yes. But we, we're trying to do something about that in the village. It's, um, I don't think it's really a football village, to be fair. They're half the village is and half the village isn't. But I don't mm. think they're aware of 
what good footballs play down there. And we've got certainly some of the younger footballers who come to our club with their dads stay and watch, come to watch, mm. come to the cup final at Pinkston when we played at Pinkston, which was we haven't mentioned tonight, which I think uh, undeservedly we lost that game. Whereas the year before against Pinkston, uh, it was men against boys. Um, it just proved how far you'd come along. I think that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I think yeah. just see yeah, where it's we pretty were. Pretty much the same Pinkston. Yes, pretty much the same Pinkston. But second half we were the better side. They had one shot in open play on goal and scored. Second half and obviously the penalty. Um, so I think we were a bit unlucky on that day. And I'm proud. I'm proud of the first team. And, I, and you know, it's really nice to. One of the things I would say about Newark Town when I first started, when they used to walk past you, and I, you know, I'm the chairman, and they never say hello. This is not criticism of any of the players. It's just. Yeah, we're tenants. We don't care. We don't, and, and you know, when you talk to, to, to play, um, people like uh, Gary and, and trying to think, who else is it um, that, that manage? Well, yeah. those Gary and those, and I mean, those Jim and Tony joins. I mean, those are our oh, group. Yeah, on, but, yeah, but Tom, Tom's they, they certainly appreciate it. Yes, they did, and they and, and you know that for me, um, overcome all, all the stuff about you know who are you and you know you did, did try. I didn't think treated it. As they should have done, been a, you know an, mm. a, a joy and a pleasure to play at the ground. So hopefully, then their new stadium when it when it comes, because have they got they've got the pitch, but not the not the clubhouse. Uh, yet. So I, they have the pitch and the change rooms. They, again, Chris tells me that it, everything is going to be in place before the start. That's of the fantastic, season, so. isn't it? And yeah. you know, it's long overdue. Right. Newark, I'm I'm, a, I'm from Lesingham near Sleaford. I'm a Sleaford man. I remember Sleaford Town being the the place to play football. We didn't have lights, so people went like myself went off to Spalding and Hull Beach and to play football. Born. Um, Sleaford's a fantastic town now with a great facility. Yeah. Pitch is terrible. All the pitches at Sleaford are terrible. But what a great facility. But they've got the facilities, so um, they've got them. Mick, it's been absolutely fascinating. We're running out of time. This could go oh. on for another hour. Quite happy <laughs> could, to go, yeah, could, yeah. go on for well, another please hour. Please invite me back sometime. Oh, it's we'll been a pleasure. most certainly do yeah. that. Um, thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about uh, Collingham and putting our mind to rest. And now we've got it on tape. What's happening <laughs> with the length of the pitch? And that will make sure that one's podcast. That, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, tomorrow night, strictly Mick and Tony, but it never quite works out like that because there's always that much going off. Matt Ridiard's coming on the phone to tell us about a very important football match that's happening this weekend and we're going to Devon to talk to Gary Edgington for the first time this cricket season um, as he looks forward to what's on and where at the weekend because that saves me having to do it so Gary's going to look after that for us we're also going to do a test tone near the Ross there's um, sports thoughts of course and it is the day when we look back over the national stories that's making the headlines over the last week so we'll be able to pull football apart like we normally do but uh, <laughs> Coming up now, it's your Wednesday night treat, um, the one and only 60s show with Mr. Doug Hall Prop.